Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Patreon. This is one way to really help out the show. Gibsongo.com. These are all in the description, so please just have a look at them, see you know what you look, prefer. But this is the equipment and show fundraiser. Donate $45 or more, you'll get the flash drive. I'll get in touch with you, and then we'll figure out how to mail it to you. Tippystream.com forward slash ballbusters. This is also up there. In EU money, yeah, in euros, it's uh, for every $5, it's $5.37. dollars do 45 or more, you will get the flash drive. It's paypal.me forward slash ballbusters, and then you can do it that way as well. Last but not least, this is buymeacoffee.com forward slash ballbusters. Again, these are all in the description. A lot of people use it in the uh, content creator world. This will be greatly appreciated in supporting the efforts moving forward on ball busters and hopefully getting to the red pill expo so that we can get some really amazing first-hand interviews with some amazing guests there welcome to the ball busters broadcast i am the host who knows stuff daniel christos this show will begin in just a moment Listening to the Ballbusters podcast. We now return to Ballbusters podcast already in violation. Hello, I'm going live a little early. Uh, Dr. Artis will be here in about 15 minutes or so, but I have a couple things I want to go over real quick. The first one being, of course, the fact that today is a call in day. So do that. Call in, ask questions. I've got a few here already that other people have submitted. Um, if you ever want to do that instead, I have an email address, ballbusters at joshua.net, or just go into our Telegram group and join it. Uh, it's t.me forward slash ballbusters, and that link is in the description. That way you can interact with the, uh, the community that's there right now. We have 
between the two, the channel and the group, we have probably like 315 people. But anyway, yeah, so Dr. Rados will be on here in a few. I have some questions that people have submitted, but this is a call-in show. So take advantage of it, you know, do that. It's 619-354-8879. Dr. Artis will be on in about three minutes. And talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> I just got the contact info for Dr. John Bergman, DC, out of Huntington Beach. He also has that clinic in Tijuana. So I'm going to reach out to him to have him, see if I can get him on. And hopefully at some point when uh, funds are available, bring my family and myself there. Because I'm pretty sure that... I have been in need of an adjustment <laughs> in more ways than one for a very long time. And uh, doing the bodybuilding as heavily as I've been doing, I am in some pain. But it's just like stupid little things like out of nowhere. My lower lumbar area, right hand side of my spine. If I just do a stupid little twist or something <clears throat> with just the weight of my own arms, not nothing in my hands, sometimes it just pulls and it's three days of not being able to walk at least not very well let's not get too dramatic but it's it's not fun all right um if anybody has questions chiropractic or otherwise i have a few here i'll run down them when he gets on uh one of them is about meniscus tears i think that there's a lot of things you can do with nutrition that will and uh proper mineral supplementation that may make some operations unnecessary especially when it comes to like hips like incorporating uh, so dr joel wallach is another person i'm gonna re i've i don't know if i've already reached out to him or not but i'm going to again uh if i haven't already because a lot of what i have come to believe has come from him and it's pretty well documented there's a lot of things that if we just had the right building materials as dr peter glidden says there's a lot of this these things that do not require surgery like hip replacements and things of that nature you can build the bone back yourself you don't need to have medical intervention the the, the more you can do on your own the less you're subjecting yourself to them and then all their other you know strings attached type of nonsense because then they're, they're in your life i just went by a you know uh, maybe i'll show it to you i just went by a, a Two billboards today driving around to uh help out rebecca and uh bring our daughter to school and stuff like that one of them said love them protect them immunize them so if you love them and you want to protect them don't fill them with poison shots would be my retort to that it's disgusting propaganda by sun sunset health was the, I think the billboard for that one, or it could have been a different one. Maybe it was a different one. And then the other, it could have been a government one, could have been a state of Arizona one. And then the other one was Sunset Health. And that one said, had like check boxes, said vaccinate, giant words, giant letters. I put that on my Instagram and it had two boxes and one of them checked for yes. It's absolutely fucking disgusting. None, none are good. None. Poison is poison. Just because it doesn't get you the same day or a week from now or could be 10 years from now or it could be a few weeks from that the, the the amount of augmentation that everybody's gone through why do you think everybody's so damn dumb yeah i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of things that people don't attribute to vaccines that guarantee you if you put poison in your body things happen 
And if it doesn't belong there and it's going past all of your body's natural defense systems to get into your bloodstream or into your muscles, that's then obviously good circulated through your body anyway. Uh, cause and effect, guys. Cause and effect. Should be something that everybody is a little bit more versed in than they have been. Just my personal opinion. You can yell at me if you want. I don't really pay attention anyway unless you're being really brutal and then I yell back. So it doesn't really affect me that much. Um... So let's see what else. There's Dr. Brian on us now. That's awesome. Here he is. Hello, sir. Hello, Daniel. How are you, buddy? Very good. Very good. So today, um, if you have anything you'd like to inter start off with, otherwise we have some questions here and we can uh, run through those. But uh, sure if you ask questions, it'll open up all kinds of stuff. Excellent. Okay. So the first one I have for you, and hello, how was your weekend? <laughs> it was very good. Very busy. Holy cow. Yeah. Cool. Thank you very much. It was very good. I have, we have a second home that we're actually preparing to sell. And uh, we were out there with the construction workers and then trying to clean up all the stuff out of that second home that we haven't really used in the last three years because we've been so busy. So it's time to let it go. <laughs> it was extremely busy. Oh, my goodness. We're not done, obviously, but it was a lot of work. Is it close by? Yeah, it's only 35 minutes from this home. And uh, we used it. It's on two and a half acres and it's on the lake here in Texas. Oh, nice. My kids and I, when uh, we would be together on the weekends, that's the only place they ever wanted to be was out there on the two and a half acres with golf carts and dirt bikes and you name nice. it. Nice. But now they're all they're all adults and off in college and all on their own. And once they got cars, they didn't care about the golf carts and the dune buggies <laughs> and the golf car go-karts anymore. <laughs> they didn't care. So it really doesn't get asked to even go out there anymore. And I'm like, it's time to let that thing go. We've been all over the country. So now we're looking for either places to rent often when we travel or we'd really, really love to buy a, a separate vacation home or something in Montana, actually, is what we'd really like uh, up in the Swan Valley, up to Kalispell, uh, Glacier National Park area. That, that area is just out of this world gorgeous and I'd never even seen it till the last three years. And we've been been there five times in the last three years to do presentations, meetings, events, speaking engagements. Yeah. Dan, Dan Happel and uh, G. Edward Griffin would be your close, close enough neighbors if you were out there. Exactly right. Yep. They're up there or close up there anyway. Yep. You know, you should to G. Edward Griffin this morning by email. Yeah. Oh yeah. Are you guys, are you going to go to Red Pill? Yeah, I'm actually going to be speaking at the next one. I know it's been moved from like Billings, Montana to South Dakota to now Des Moines, Iowa. But uh, yes, I will be going there and speaking. Awesome. Because they, I'm going to be media there. So I'm finally going to get to shake your hand in person, high five yeah, you and all that good stuff. Very cool. So, yeah, so we'll be there. That'll be exciting. All right. So um, I was thinking maybe you should keep it as a vlog house. You know how the people, the you, you can make a YouTube family video, epi, you know, series and, you know, unwrap toys and make millions of dollars off of Walmart. You'd be great. You learn from these kids how they do that. That'd be great. Yeah. Right. It's an untapped resource of funds. Um, so meniscus tears. My, my wife has knee problems. Uh, she's had carpal tunnel surgery and both wrists obviously not at the same time and then COVID happened so they had delayed her knee stuff I'm thinking that if you have the proper materials maybe there's not like I when I listen to Dr. Joel Wallach and he says you know you can do the hip replacement but it's invasive surgery and it's not really necessary if you're getting the proper building blocks that your body can heal itself he said anything calcium related you can you can build it back so I don't know about meniscus tears because that's a little bit different. So what, what are your thoughts on that? 
from yeah, a nutrition a spe- uh, uh, perspective. Yeah, that, that, that is a great point. People ask me a, a lot of questions, and one of those are I'll often get, what about torn ligaments? Can you repair those? And uh, can those heal just on their own? And the truth is I have torn ligaments, completely avulsed them from the bone, meaning it's totally ripped off the bone. I have actually torn off and had pieces of a meniscus in my right knee floating inside of my knee, uh, a piece torn off of that. And it creates a lot of problems, actually. (laughs) And uh, it isn't going to reinsert itself at the point it ripped off from. So I've actually had surgery on my knee to actually reattach my ACL, my MCL, my LCL, and actually repair and shave down the actual rigid parts of my meniscus. And it feels fine, which is great. <laughs> and, and and truthfully, uh, in the world of natural medicine, I would like to say all things can be healed all naturally. It has been historically, you can see even evidence in archeology span that surgeons, sure, surgeons have been utilized forever. I mean, there have been attempts to do surgery to actually repair things forever. And there are times, unfortunately, where that's required. Right. When it comes to cartilage, like the meniscus and like the discs in between your vertebrae and your back, there are evidence in stem cell therapies, stem cell research that you can grow back cartilage. Uh, that is, has actually been shown in joints to be done, not in organs, but in joints where cartilage is, that is and on what's called the cornea, the outside of your eye, they can use stem cells to regrow that because both of those are avascular. There's no blood supply to those tissues, but using stem cells can regenerate avascular tissue, which the cornea and meniscus are. So I have seen that and read that and uh, understand that to be true. Interesting. Can I ask, but my stepfather, and, and when I heard his story, it, it was surprising because I found out a lot of people have the same problem. He played football his whole high school, right? You know how he hurt his knees? Skiing. <laughs> skiing. And then I couldn't believe how many times I heard that afterward. It was just like skiing. Like people bust up their knees all the time. It is a lot of shearing force on your knees and having them bent to go down the hills and turn. Yeah, it's yeah, very, very taxing on the knees for sure. All right. So clenching jaw when you're asleep, is that stress? related or is that mineral deficiency i've heard a few different views on that so i've heard dr joel wallach say that has something to do with minerals like the mineral deficiencies oh for sure yeah so these are both intertwined so emotional stress and mineral deficiencies go hand in hand so the more emotionally stressed worried panicked you are overwhelmed you are the loss of b vitamins which is a a vitamin Mm -hmm. And then you lose minerals also. So cortisol, the hormone that in, that is increased when you experience stress, it increases heart rhythm. It increases how hard your heart beats. And it also depletes vitamins and minerals like selenium, magnesium, all of it, uh, calcium even, and sodium. You'll actually deplete those from the body as uh, stress goes up. So those are, it's, it's very hard. You're going to be more emotionally stressed when you lose minerals or you're minerally deficient anyway. You need minerals to actually help you create uh, hormones. So if you are mineral deficient, you'll be hormone imbalanced also. And then hormones dictate your emotions, like how you feel. So for example, serotonin is your feel good, happy hormone. It also tells you that you're safe and you're not in danger. If you're low in serotonin, you'll be full of anxiety and depression. 
Uh, and so if you can raise serotonin levels and feed the body the fats it needs to make the backbone of serotonin, which is called cholesterol, and then provide the minerals and vitamins to help build the hormones, then you'll be less depressed and less emotional and less anxiety. So like get some glow sticks and go to a rave and take some of you? Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah. yeah get exactly some serotonin what, cranking? <laughs> that is exactly what Daniel deferred. <laughs> <laughs> so sugar, does that play a role in, in that type of thing too? Because I'm told sugar also like depletes a lot of minerals. And I happen to know the person who asked this question, they have a sweet tooth pretty, and it's usually at nighttime, they, they'll, they'll snack on something. I'm wondering if that exacerbates the issue. Yes. In fact, 20 years ago, when I started my nutritional practice in Tennessee and then in Texas, when I sold that one there and moved here to Texas, every single new patient, Daniel, that comes into my office, I would give them a folder. And in the folder was an actual quiz. It was called the sugar addiction quiz. I've got it. And then on the back of the quiz, based on their answers of the quiz to determine how they scored on how addicted to sugar they were, when you flip the actual paper over, it had 141 listed published diseases caused by sugar. And it was everything from cancers to diabetes to uh, periodontal disease to fibromyalgia to lupus to you name it. It was everything. Everything you think of, man, can be correlated to sugar. Schizophrenia, bipolarism, I mean, you name it. All of them are complicated by sugar and directly implicated in sugar. Osteoporosis, you name it. Sugar. Yeah, it messes up your calcium, right? It yeah, really messes up. Know, yeah, if you want to know what sugar does, sugar and prednisone or steroids have a very similar action. Sugar and steroids, when you take them, and I'm talking like corticosteroids, which would be like prednisone, for example, which is for pain usually in the management of autoimmune diseases. Uh, these drugs and sugar have the same action on your bone marrow. They deplete your bone marrow's ability to produce white blood cells to fight infections. They, sugar and steroids are called immunosuppressants. They shut off your immune system <laughs> and they do it within four hours. Sugar does it even faster than steroids. Does it within two hours. Can lower your white blood cell count by up to 70% within just hours of consuming sugar. So when people would be going into cold and flu season, I would actually tell them you need to reduce your sugar intake. Why? Because it's going to lower your immunity and you're going to be with the colder temperatures and weather. You're going to be around snotty people and you're going to be more easily susceptible to the cold and cold as a weather element actually induces illness. Uh, this is actually published in acupuncture for 5,000 years. They know that temperature changes and affects your internal environment to allow you to either stay healthy or have symptoms. So sugar depletes your immune system, just like steroids do. In fact, everybody knows this too. If you actually are prescribed steroids, they'll tell you, you have to live on this the rest of your life. Be careful being around sick people because you can't fight infections like the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You just shut off their immune system. Sugar does that. And then sugar also depletes all minerals from the human body. For the heart particularly, Jeez. you eat sugar, it depletes all of your B vitamins and you pee them and poop them out and they're depleted from your heart muscles. Now, vitamin B is what supplies energy to your heart muscles. So the heart as a muscle is only as strong and has as much energy as possible based on the amount of B vitamins present in the muscles of your heart. So the moment you start consuming lots of sugar, B vitamins are now being depleted 
And depending on how fast you can replace them, put them back in and reduce your sugar, will be implicated in congestive heart failure, cardiomegaly, which is the enlargement of the heart, um, all of your QR, QT intervals, which are the pulses of the heart's rhythm, all of it can be affected in your EKG, ECG. They will all be changed as a result of sugar intake. You so live. you could be put on drugs for palpitations or or all that other stuff when the the root cause of it could be what you're eating and they're never even going to address that. They're just going to load you with drugs. Millions of people right now are on drugs solely caused by the dietary choices that they're making right now. That's a, that's a pretty important uh point to stick on right there because it's if it's something that you can fix on your own you don't want to be taking drugs that are just additional poisons to, and then your body then has to get used to that and then that's how it has to, operates off of after that right i mean yeah, there's a, there's slippery a, slope yeah so there's a great uh, great book and great reference and a great researcher her name was janet appleton and i hope it's appleton it's been a while since i looked at her name but janet appleton and she has a, a great book she wrote called how to lick the sugar habit and I mean, it's a bestseller and has been for years, for probably two or three decades now, but all of her research into what diseases directly cancers are, sorry, that sugar is implicated in directly causing, that's the list. I got them all from her. She's a phenomenal <laughs> researcher. She passed away a couple of years ago, but. Uh, What's the name again? I'm going to Janet Appleton. The book is How to Lick the Sugar Habit. How to Lick the Sugar Habit. Cool. Matter of fact, I'm gonna look it up right now while you're on here. I'm gonna see, make sure I have the name right. Here. Are you Are you ready for another question? You want me to wait a few seconds? How to lick? Yeah, you can wait just a second. Lick the sugar okay. habit. Great, good to hear it again. Lick the sugar habit is what it's called. Yep. And how to lick the sugar habit? That's kind of funny. The sugar Here we go. And for for those of you on Telegram, I'm I am seeing them. I have it open, so we will get to them. As, yeah, so uh, I said as it was, go. I said it was Janet Appleton. It's Nancy Appleton. Nancy, Nancy Appleton. Appleton. Lick the sugar habit is what it's called. And you should read it, man. It's a it's an incredible read. And one of the examples of the statistics I remember learning about sugar, and that I actually would share with the patients every day is the amount of sugar they consumed. I actually made every patient keep a dietary log and they had to write down everything they ate and put in their mouth every day for the whole time they were my patient. And mm -hmm. if they didn't show up with that monthly food journal filled out, I'd fire them or send them home and make them come back the next month. <laughs> I wouldn't even see them because I knew they weren't taking it seriously. Like the stuff you put in your mouth is directly going to impact the herbs I'm supplying to you, the chiropractic adjustments I'm giving you, the acupuncture treatments I'm giving you. I mean, if I'm going to actually attempt to spend my energy and clinical experience and research prowess to come up with answers for your health, they could at least do their part to not put stuff in their mouth that was going to sabotage that. So for me, it was very important that you do what I say, and I'm going to give you everything I can to be great for you. Please don't sabotage this at home, because if you do, it's not going to bode well for you. You're going to go out to the public and you're going to tell people, I tried Dr. Artis. It didn't work. No. Right. I was about to say oh, that. Yeah. Oh, it's chiropractic is nonsense. Yeah. Uh, you eating garbage. It has everything to do with the individual. So if they were able to, if they were compliant and willing to follow through and were hundred percent committed, I'd keep them. I even had a question on my first intake form on the first day. It was how committed are you on a percentage to actually reclaim your health and do everything I tell you to. And if somebody wrote less than 80%, I, I just told them not to come back. That's how, that's how it was. So I was like, I don't know why you wrote this, but why are you here if you're only 80% committed and you live with migraines five out of seven days a week? Why? 
Why would you write you're 80% committed? And they'd go like this, some of them. Uh, I'm only here because my wife told me to come here. Now I'd go like this. Well, you don't need to be here. You can go home. <laughs> like When you decide you don't want to have migraines, come back and then I'll help you. Right. Don't do this for somebody else. Do it for you. It's like uh, it's like going to the mechanic with your car. Like, well, you didn't ask the car to help out. You know, it's, <laughs> you're just supposed to fix it. <laughs> I will tell you also that uh, one of the statistics I started mentioning, it. one of the statistics I learned uh, 20 something years ago in 1905, the average American consumed in a given 12 month of a year, Daniel, the average person in America consumed five pounds of sugar in a whole year in 1905 for the whole year, five pounds. In the year 2000, do you know what that total was? In a year? 140. It's 125 pounds oh. of sugar was the average now, within 100 years, less than 100 years, we are consuming more sugar that suppresses the immune system, consuming more sugar that creates inflammation, more sugar that actually feeds bacteria, yeast, parasites, fungus, <laughs> all the pathogens that can survive and thrive inside of a human body to cause diseases. We are consuming 125 plus pounds of sugar on average. And do you know, there's a lot of people that don't eat that much sugar. That's the average. That means there's some people drinking coke every day drinking beers every day and they're consuming sugar galore 200 pounds probably in a year uh, many of them i'm sure there's a reason why there's an obesity epidemic in the country and around the world and, and they target children and, and teens with that stuff too you know okay. it's the advertising is for that so then there's a lifelong horrible habit it's only going to get worse as they're no longer invincible if they get that certain age you know right. so i would imagine if the if sugar depletes all kinds of minerals and and nutrients that it probably also upsets hormone regulation right i mean that would be directly related to that wouldn't it yeah sugar depletes zinc zinc deficiency leads to estrogen dominance what's the number one cause of cancers in all females and males in prostate cancer mm -hmm. estrogen dominance and when you have zinc deficiency that raises your estrogen levels sugar depletes zinc you're gonna have excess estrogen and you will develop prostate cancers, ovarian cancers, breast cancers, uterine cancers, cervical cancers. Those are all directly linked to estrogen dominance, which is just one example of a hormone disrupted by sugar. I was a little suspicious that this conversation was going to go in a direction where I felt that my raw cookie dough addiction was going to be challenged a little. So I was prepared, but still a little upset about it. <laughs> now remember, uh, the human body needs sugar. Every vegetable has some carbohydrates, which are sugars. Every fruit has sugars. It's really the refined carbohydrates that we're talking about that create this massive problem you're seeing around the world. Obesity, yeah. diabetes, cancer, heart disease, all linked to your diet, period. From from November of 2019 to uh I want to say January of 2020, I was keto that entire year. I didn't even touch carbs barely. So, I mean, I was able to do it. And with like in the first four weeks, I could see a dramatic change. Like the, the puffy face, the swelling, you know, everything was going in the right direction. I noticed a plateau, but it could have been, I could have been like incorporating too many other, you know, like vegetable carbohydrates or whatever. But the whole thing is it, it did work. 
and I was able to do it. So I don't know why I'm having such a hard time now. Maybe it's stress. I just don't care. It's like, I, there's, there's like 10 pound tubs of cookie dough from Sam's club that Rebecca keeps buying so that she can make cookies for the kids. And I went through two of them all by myself because she waited too long. <laughs> uh, you're not alone, Daniel. Don't worry. Uh, sugar. Oh, I, I want you to know this too. They know sugar is addictive. Sugar is an addictive substance. I don't know if you've seen this, but 20 years ago, and while I was in chiropractic school, I was actually reading research papers on scientists investigating whether or not sugar or cocaine was more addictive. And this is what they did. They took rats in cages and they would give them a bowl of water, let them drink it. And then they would switch that bowl of water and add cocaine to it. And then they would drink the water with cocaine. And then they would take water, a bowl of water, with another bowl of cocaine water and put it in the same cage. And the the mouse or the rat would never drink the regular water ever again. They would only drink the cocaine water. They didn't want anything but the cocaine. <laughs> then they introduced sugar water next to the bowl of cocaine water. You know, them rats never drank co that cocaine water ever again. They only drank sugar water. That amazing. Pretty, pretty mentally <laughs> mentally powerful. That is. They uh, only wanted the sugar addictive water over the cocaine water. And, they proposed then that sugar is way more addictive than cocaine. Which and, is crazy. And, yeah, and if and if you and if you listen to some of the, some of the people out there, like there's other uh, doctors of chiropractic out there, like Doctor Eric Berg, who uh, you know he says that your body can produce the sugar that it needs if it needs it. Not saying that you shouldn't have any, I guess, but the idea that um, your body can run very efficiently off of fat, it doesn't need sugar. It's like it's it tries to go after the sugar first because it's basically a toxin in the body and it's trying to get rid of it. So that's why it's utilizing it for energy because it's either throwing it into your cells or it's trying to do something else with it to get it the hell out of there before your blood sugar gets messed up. So you're constantly fighting it. I, I'm saying this like I'm not guilty, but I, I am. <laughs> yeah, so there's a term called glycolysis, and that's converting fats into sugars, yeah. glucose. And that's what the liver does. That's its job. So as we eat fat, our body's liver will actually convert it into carbohydrate, sorry, into cholesterol and into glucose. I mean, that's we get it from fats. You can use fat or carbs as a fuel source for sugar. But uh, that keto diet, for example, is primarily all fats, right? Mm -hmm. Consume fat. Fat in your body will make energy and sugar from fat, for sure. It, it's it, There's withdrawals. I'm not going to lie. There was withdrawals. I felt like... Sugar is addictive, people. I was unsatiated. I, I could eat 10 eggs and, and, and a steak. But if I didn't have any carbs and any sugar that day, I was always looking around the cabinets for something. It was just a force of habit. Like I, I wasn't ever like satisfied. Oh, and it, that went on for a long time. And I had I had energy depletion for a while, too. But then it all balanced out. Daniel, I was raised on a cereal and sports center. You know, ESPN sports center. Yeah. Every yeah. day I'd start with like two or three bowls of Lucky Charms or Frosted Flakes cereal. And then at night before I'd go to bed, I would eat like two bowls of cereal watching sports center again. <laughs> that was my that was my routine every day from the time I was like can remember being born until I was 27 years old when I started going through all the nutritional training and then I had to cut, I decided then on my own to cut out dairy and all sugar and had to get rid of that crap. And, uh, 
I never really felt bad. And I had this really high metabolism. I never was overweight. I never had any diseases or illnesses. But I could definitely see the trend that runs in my family. <laughs> I'm still the only really thin and in shape one out of seven people in my family. The rest of them are very stocky or overweight. And they all love Dr. Peppas and sodas and cakes and ice creams and probably tubs of raw cookie dough. But, uh, their, their health is way different than mine. And there's just these choices I made when I was a teenager, Daniel. I was I remember conceptually thinking that when people smoke for the first time and they start coughing, that's their body or throwing up. That's their body rejecting the toxins, right, that they're putting into their body, which there's over 600 chemicals added to tobacco to make you sick and puke. All right. When I watched my teenage friends smoke for the first time and I refused to do it, I just watched them do it. And they all puked behind a house the first time they did it, except for one kid whose parents smoked like chimneys. He was used to it. They weren't. They were all puking. I was just standing there watching them like shaking. When I was about two years later, I was about 14 years old and we were at a basketball tournament. And from the tournament, we go to lunch between games and my teammate, he orders a, a Coke or something at a Hardee's. And I ordered a root beer and I drank the root beer, sucked it up. And I remember all of a sudden all that carbonated water came up my throat and I belched and it burned. And I remember looking at it and as a 14 year old, this is how weird I was. I looked at it and I went like this, oh my God, I, I think my body's trying to reject this stuff. Like a <laughs> smoker when they smoke for the first time, trying to eject and reject the, the, the smoke. I actually took the drink and I shoved it to my teammate and I went like this. That is the last soda I'll ever drink in my whole life. And she and he looks at me. He goes, "You're the weirdest kid ever." And starts drinking my root beer. <laughs> okay, fine. Well, I've given up all sodas. I've never had another one. My family still all loves sodas. They're very typical Americans and have very typical conditions and medical diseases and diagnoses and obesity. Uh, and I'm not, and I, I just happen to be making choices along the way and going, you know what? I don't want the outcomes I see in front of me in my older family members. I bet I have the same tendency to develop the same kind of stuff they do if I keep eating the same way they do and then just made decisions not to do that stuff. And it's been very different so far. Thank God. That's good. But yeah. sugar is very, very addictive. And I want it at times too. Don't worry. And the body needs carbohydrates at times and it needs fuel from fats. So you can, every vegetable has carbohydrates in them too. So the more veggies right. you eat, the better you go. Yeah, I used to eat a lot of broccoli. I think maybe eating the broccoli with a bunch of blue cheese was probably where I kind of went a little overboard. But um, So tinnitus and venom, is there a connection? This is one of the questions that someone had. 1,000%. Okay. <laughs> Ringing in the ears. Ringing in the ears. Definitely sounds like a neurological thing, right? If it's not actually like trauma from like a loud noise or whatever. For sure. In the inner ear, the uh, cochlea the hairs of the cochlea in your inner ear that control where you are in space even and hearing uh, are all lined with nicotine receptors. They're called alpha-7 nicotinic acetylcholine receptors. And I'm convinced that tinnitus you see around the world that everybody's living with and experiencing with. Has it gone up in percentage? Oh, it is yeah. uh, not just uh, gone up. It, it's actually, you know, you heard this, this thing called exponential growth, right? It is not even exponentially more tinnitus is now occurring. The level at which people are hearing the ring in their ears has like quadrupled, like the loudness and the intensity. It's driving people to insanity and to suicidal behavior or actions all around the world. 
lots of people are reporting mm. that uh, they have such extreme tinnitus uh, they don't even want to live. I mean, it's I went, disturbing. My wife, it was like that for, for like six months. She had tinnitus for 35 years when she first got the flu shot in college. Geez. Developed tinnitus for the next 35 years. When she got COVID, she lost her taste and smell, and the tinnitus went like five times higher than before. She would have a hard time hearing me, hearing the TV, hearing the radio, hearing anything, hearing the phone. She had a hard time with the loudness of the ringing, and it wasn't until she did nicotine. That went on for like six months, the tinnitus thing. Uh, but for two years, the loss of taste and smell, it was awful. And uh, and then dizziness and vertigo, that's all a part of the cochlea. Cochlea is the inner chamber of the ear that has hairs lining it that tell yeah. you where you are in space when you move. And she had these POTS-like symptoms, which is changing your position. You go into hypo blood pressure, low blood pressure, and then you get real swirly. Like you stand up fast or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was awful. And it wasn't until she started using the nicotine three days. Nicotine gum, all the taste and smell returned, and her tinnitus went back to what it was previously, and now is better than it's been for the last thirty-five years. Like ninety percent eradicated what she's heard the last thirty-something years, which is freaking phenomenal. Yeah, they're correlated. Apparently, Biden. I, I heard this in one of the comments that was made on one of our videos that you and I had done. I've been other people there though, um, and it was. Did you hear that? This is the question. Did you or something about? Did you hear that Biden had said that all cigarettes from here on out have to be nicotine free as of X and next date? So the one thing that actually doesn't cause harm, but all the other chemicals are perfectly fine. Just don't just don't put the nicotine in there. That's 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 funny. Yeah. So two months after our Watch the Water documentary dropped is when Joe Biden's administration came out and said, uh, one, the FDA banned all Juul. Vaping nicotine cartridges, the liquid sales, just strict nicotine. Yeah. Nope, nobody can smoke just straight nicotine anymore. And then Joe Biden in the same week said, our administration will be the first to put a limit on how much nicotine can be put into cigarettes. And no one's ever done that before. Now they're just trying to reduce the nicotine in cigarettes. There's a reason, people. Be careful. Oh, and just so you know, nicotine's not only just in tobacco products. Nicotine's in food, nicotine's in potatoes, nicotine's in tomatoes. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of foods that have them in there. Just in yeah, yeah. Months. Right, and that's a good thing to, to know that there's other sources for it. And they're all veggies. Um, yeah, and if it's in there, then come on. What's, how bad is nicotine, really? Yeah, um, God knew it was horrible for you, so he put it in your food. <laughs> <laughs> and then he put nicotine receptors on every single cell of your body, all of them. Lack of joint fluid, is that a thing? And if it is, is that something that you can correct with diet and, and nutrition and stuff like that? Lack of joint fluid. Um, well, they're saying that that's what they were told from the doctor. Synovial fluid is what it's called. It is called yeah. synovial fluid. Synovial, okay. But a lack of that, man, there must be an injury to the, the, the uh, cartilaginous chamber. In order for it to leak out, like I don't, so, I don't know how that would happen. So like then, that. they so they were they were being told some nonsense from their doctor. Then, so that, yeah, I don't, that was... I don't, I don't buy. It. There's a few things that medical doctors and chiropractors have said for years. For example, the term "slipped disc," meaning mm -hmm. the disc between your vertebrae can slip or move. They don't move. They've never moved. That is a totally ridiculous term that doesn't exist. The disc cannot move. <laughs> It has so many anchors into each of the bones, it will never move. What can happen though, is it can collapse 
but it ain't coming apart from the bone. Uh, there, there's nothing moving that disc from the bone ever, ever, ever. It doesn't move. It can, it can be compressed and then bulge, but no, it ain't coming. It ain't moving. It doesn't slip. It has never slipped. But there's terms and references yes. that people use all the time, and they're very inaccurate. When but I they, was, they kind of are good at explaining to a person their symptoms, so they can yeah. walk away with an idea that the doctor knows something. And yeah. their symptoms now make sense, but it, that that is not an accurate statement. No. When when I was 16, they told me I had three compressed discs in my lower back. So I had never been to a chiropractor. It wasn't. It was never even suggested. Nor did I even know about it until later on. All right. So here are a couple questions. There's ways of reversing that, by the way. Traction devices will do it. Say again. There are ways to reverse compressed discs. Oh yeah. Do those one of those stretching machines that they did in the in oh. the medieval times? Oh yeah. <laughs> have those. When you pull when you pull the spinal vertebrae apart, the disc is in between the bones. There's a vacuum phenomenon that sucks in water inside the disc that actually increases its height over oh. time, over a month or two of doing that. You'll see it. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Cool. Well, I'm gonna have to get to a chiropractor soon. Um, so it, this, this is the Molly and she said other alternative doctors have mentioned taking chlorine dioxide for a host of remedies. What's your opinion on this, especially to protect against, and then the word shedding, which I, uh, the, that word kind of, I still have, our, I have an issue with the concept of that, but like a slip disc, yeah, I have a hard time with that one. Yeah. Like a slip disc. I know better shedding for most people. I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think the shedding term is a play on the fact that they know they're using snake venom peptides and snakes. And it's shed. a way to keep people scared of each other and thinking think that they have cooties. Totally in their paranoia and distrust yeah. between humans. They want to divide the human family and make us not want to be around each other and convince us to be afraid of other people like they are plagued or something. I mean, seriously, you saw this with the Jews. Remember in the Holocaust, right? They, they had illnesses. They were diseased. They were right. in fear. Don't go around them. We need to isolate them in camps. Don't go around them. No, that's a, this is all, they're just learning how to continually deceive us and convince us that we can't trust other people, including ourselves, who we love. So, so do you have any comments on the chlorine dioxide itself as a, a use for anything? I do. Yeah. So, yes. you know, chlorine, do y'all know that chlorine is actually a nutrient your brain requires to fire like any nerve impulse ever? So memory, action to move, breathe, you name it. Did you know you need chlorine to make that happen? So chlorine, they know chlorine is an essential nutrient of the human body. Why do you think every water treatment facility adds chlorine to your water? They add chlorine to do two things. To sterilize you? Uh, to no. sterilize you, yeah. <laughs> kill bacteria and pathogens, poisons inside water. That's what they say they're doing. But then they're expecting you to drink it, shower in it, bathe in it, swim in it, <laughs> you know, everything with it. Uh, chlorine uh, dioxide is a form of chlorine that has been shown for decades to do a couple things. Help reverse most diseases. And then number two, it actually denatures and destroys the disulfide bonds of venom, mm -hmm. even in water. Those are published uh, effects of chlorine dioxide. Chlorine dioxide uh, smells like sulfur. I've had it in my home for like eight years now, I guess. And um, they call it MMS is a term. Oh, yeah. Now. Yeah, yeah. MMS. So chlorine dioxide is a mixture of two things, citric acid and uh, MMS. 
you actually just add one drop or two drops at a time of each. I mean, total for one glass of water. It's one drop or two drops of each. And man, that stuff is, before you add the water, it smells like a gas chamber of some sort. It's an <laughs> extremely potent sulfur smelling, but it's actually a very, uh, very potent and supposedly has many published benefits. I actually don't use chlorine dioxide very often. I think the last time I used it was probably five years ago, but I still have it here. And if I got sick and wasn't getting over something, I would use it. But it's not something I use typically. And in fact, uh, as I used ivermectin for 10 years before COVID in my house every month with my kids and with my wife and myself every month for 10 years, I have never used it once during COVID. Hmm. And I got COVID once for three days, but I didn't use ivermectin. I never even thought about it. All I did was increase my vitamin C, my selenium and my zinc. Selenium is a big deal. And then, I, then it was it was gone in three days. Like it was over. So I could have added ivermectin. I could have. I mean, I had a had a nicotine patch. I slapped on. That was helpful. But uh, other than that, I, I didn't. I don't see the the need for uh, at times for some things. I don't need everything to help me get over stuff. I understand basic principles enough. And I will tell you, Daniel, there's gonna be. It's really odd. There's not odd, but I don't know how lay people are figuring it out. Uh, as confidently as we are trying to make sure the antidotes and protocols and suggestions there are, I mean, there's, they must be so overwhelmed at times hearing all of us docs talk about things, <laughs> supplements, minerals, vitamins, herbs, diets. I mean, they have to be massively confused at times. Like, where do I start? What do I do? Yeah. And uh, anyway, so I'm going to be, I will be personally starting a, what's called the artist club experience. And I'm going to be doing launching this uh, membership club where I can actually take people through it, my audiences particularly. Uh, and I will actually be including a pharmacist to help educate all the people in the world who have drugs they're prescribed. And we're going to start actually identifying for them counter interactions, contraindications of drugs they're prescribed for, herbs, minerals, vitamins that could be contraindicated until we get you off those drugs. And then what basic protocols could be used and we're going to build those out for people to be easily referenced for supplements, vitamins, minerals, supplements, um, herbs, uh, homeopathic products in combination for specific scenarios and try to be a guide for them to make this less confusing because there's just, there's, there's so many things that are yeah. being published, researched, proven, tried. And uh, we need, we need somebody to help guide simple protocols that are actually doable <laughs> and not overwhelming and lost in translation. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of things won't, won't work nutrition wise. If you're on certain meds, especially like statins and things like that, you're not going to be able to overcome that with selenium. Sure. I don't think, I mean, it would be pretty impressive if we could. Um, true. the one question here says, uh, they were they were concerned because Novocaine is a an inject an injection. Should they should they worry about that at the doctor's office? Is is it also compromised? And is Novocaine a bad thing to have? Yeah, Novocaine. Uh, uh, if you go to a biological dentist, which is all I would recommend. This is a dental question. Yeah, that was a dental yeah. question. Yeah, I only trust biological dentists. Period. So if you don't know what those no are, robots. Look no them up robots. in your look them up in your in your area. They are trained and certified to not use toxic substances in any dental work. And that includes fluoride and any other stuff. They won't use oh, it. Good. They don't use mercury. They don't use aluminum based uh, 
implants. They won't do that. Or ceramics. They won't do that. So, uh, anyway, ceramics off gas too is, is the only people I trust my kids, myself, my wife, we, we never go to anybody, but a biological dentist here in Dallas. And there's three here in Dallas. I know over four now I know in Dallas and, uh, I would, I would recommend that I don't really trust drugs or injections either. And yes, I have heard other people ask me about numbing agents and injections for dental, uh, procedures via email directly to me. Like, do I trust that there's no mRNA in the injections in my dental office? My response was, I would actually make them sign a document. If you have the concern and your gut feeling is making you worried, just write up a document, a word document that says, uh, you doc are responsible for any injuries to me. If you do not, uh, or not aware and haven't looked into and confirmed that mRNA or venom or toxics or toxins are at all listed as ingredients inside of this shot you're about to give me for pain relief. Uh, you could do that. Uh, I used to make OBGYNs and all kinds of doctors sign contracts for me that they would agree to do or not do certain things before I ever even hired them to represent me or my loved ones. I do it all the time. Yeah, that's Only a sneaky you. one. Only that, you are in charge. Yeah. Because I, you know, I would, go ahead. And if any injuries occur, you just put it in writing. If any injuries occur as a result of this injection you're about to do to me, you're going to be fiscally responsible for all injuries incurred in medical expenses. Just make, make them sign it. <laughs> and a lot of them are going to be very careful to do anything to you. They don't know for sure is hundred percent safe. Once they know that they're, uh, they're, they're put on the. That might've tapped into something by accident there because it, I mean, I, I, everybody's focused on this one shot and it's boosters, but they don't think about the flu shot and all these other things that they're, pretty much telling you is all going to be mixed together now even if they don't tell you that i mean if you're going to line up for one of them they're going to probably put what they want you to have especially if it has anything to do with biomechanic bio you know tech it's probably going to be in all of them but i never even considered the the dental route because that's like the, the sneaky one you know if they're going to just give you every little stupid little shot in there i would i already think they x-ray you way too much at a dentist's office I don't like that. I don't want my daughter to have her brain x-rayed basically every single time she goes there. It's not, it's not okay. So I agree. The biological dentist, they'll, if they use an x-ray, they'll use just a, this pinpoint digital x-ray that only goes over the tooth and only goes through that area. So it's actually very, very specific and not, not exposing your entire brain to electronic radiation. I always would recommend a biological dentist to anybody ever. I would not go to a regular dentist ever, 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 ever. I said ever. <laughs> I'm almost wondering if the, ever. I'm almost wondering if a little bit of the tinnitus issue might have something to do with uh, radio waves or maybe those new things that they've been putting up everywhere. Maybe, maybe there's maybe it's a dual thing that's going on. You know, oh, shots sure. plus the other thing. Yeah, it really could. Uh, although my wife, even with her tinnitus, she didn't have any shots. Like. COVID shots and she had the right. worsening of tinnitus. I didn't have any shots and I'm in the same house and travel everywhere with her. She's always on my side and I never had any of the tinnitus stuff. I mean, never, not that it can't be done, but. Oh, you're saying it's like poisoning and envenomation that you didn't from somewhere is what it probably was, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. So a couple more questions. Are, colon are colonoscopies necessary? No, don't do those. Don't do those. That was a pretty straight and direct one. Do not do colonoscopies, everybody. No, nobody needs to be doing those ever. You Unless can... you want them to find a problem. Oh, it's are more you, Are you a person who wants to find out that you have a problem or a pre-problem? 
if you are someone who likes to gravitate towards being a victim and being able to be given a diagnosis that you can complain about to your friends, go get a colonoscopy because they're going to go in there and they're going to look for anything possible. They can call a polyp. A polyp. Hmm. Yeah. Then they're going to tell you we need to biopsy that polyp. This little bit out pouching. And then they're going to come back and tell you 99% of the time that that polyp is pre-cancerous. Okay, Daniel, um, I was born pre-cancerous. Yeah, everybody is, right? <laughs> my whole life. Anybody who doesn't have cancer is pre-cancerous. So for them to throw that at you, that, oh, we found a polyp and it's pre-cancerous, that means there's nothing they found. Because... Anything. Up here, up here. Oh man, they got you. They're seeding inside of you a unneeded oh, so fear and worry that you are getting close to developing colon cancer. No, you are precancerous your whole life until you are cancerous. So don't go. The worst thing you could ever do, ever, is to continue to do annual screenings of any kind with your medical doctors. All of them. I don't care if they told you you have a heart disease that runs in your family. You should have a echocardiogram and you should have x-rays of your heart every year. No, don't go. Don't do it. I'm going to tell my Every wife single that. time they shoot x-rays through your heart, they're increasing radiation to the heart and to your spine. And they will eventually see the cancerous growths on either your because spine. Because they're causing it. Right. They will call it eventually, oh, you have multiple myeloma growing on your spine. <gasps> There's a cancerous spot there on your chest x-ray, heart annual x-rays. Yes. No, don't do it. You want to pap smear? You should stop all your pap smears every year. All they're doing is looking for something to diagnose you with. So that they can, yeah. Oh, my God. This is... The, the, the lack of care for the human life that they're dealing with is so disgusting. It... Don't do it. Oh, I need to do an endoscope every year. No, you don't. Stop it. Uh, no. Leave, leave them alone. Do not mess with them. What is, this is really funny. People tell me all the time, they're like, Dr. Artist, I went and saw a orthopedic surgeon. They told me I needed surgery for my bone spurs on my shoulder. What do you think? And I'd go like this. Are you surprised that the surgeon told you that? What does a surgeon do for a living? How do they get paid? How do they make money? <laughs> they cut. Of course they're going to tell you that. Do you need surgery to get rid of bone spurs? No. A surgeon will tell you you do, but a homeopath or a naturopath would tell you, no, you don't, ever. But the surgeon's going to tell you. Why? Because that's what they do. They, they dissolve if you have the right nutrients, right? Isn't that how that works with the spurs? Oh, yeah. Have you ever taken a brand new car you've had for like six months, taken it to your dealership for oil change, and then they call you an hour later and tell you there's 15 things that need to be fixed on your car, and you were unaware there was anything wrong with it? <laughs> Every time you go, they're looking for problems to sell you. Right. So stop going. Don't do these annual screening things. The screening tests are ridiculous. And every time you go to a hospital and you tripped and banged your knee, they're going to go like this. We need to do a CT scan and MRI. No, you don't. Those are quotas that are put on the radiology department every month. And these are for real. They are told by their administrators, the MRI and the CT scans cost X amount of millions of dollars. In order to pay them off, 
We have to get these many MRIs and CT scans and x-rays every week. So radio techs, radiology techs, putting you in the MRI, CT scanner, x-ray machines and wearing their little lead aprons while they do it for you and then send it off to radiologists. They have certain numbers they have to hit to pay for their units that they invested millions of dollars on. They aren't doing screening tests because they like you. They're doing it because they have a whole lot of debt they've got to cover and we have to do this many tests. You got to run this many blood samples, this many x-rays, this many MRIs, CT scans, you name it. That's what they do. I just want to let people know that for some reason, I don't, my phone does this sometimes. It's not ringing. I got a voicemail, but I also see a message here. So I will, I will, in the order that they came in, I will definitely be asking Dr. Artis until we run out of time. Um, let's see. I've, I've had radio text as patients, the whole department at a hospital who would give me all these numbers all the time. <laughs> They'd go, I'd go, how many MRIs did you have to do this week? Oh, we had to do 21 on Saturday to beat the quota for the month. I'm like, what? Yeah, some kid fell on his butt on a skateboard and we had to do a CT scan on his brain. Even though his head didn't hit the concrete, it was ordered by the doctor. Oh a God, useless man. test that had nothing to do with this kid's injuries. Had it's an operation on his rear end and it was solely to cover their butts financially. Yeah, yeah we got to make sure you didn't jar your, butt, your brain when you fell on your butt, right? At your <laughs> expense and at your health insurance premiums expense. Right. Yeah, it's really disgusting. It's, it's exposing people to poison just for the hell of it. Hey guys, oh, I'll say another one too. Did I tell you about this yet? Uh, Children's Hospital in Knoxville, Tennessee. I had one of their surgical uh, techs that were my patients for years and years. And every Monday they would come in and tell me that they had their oh, yeah. weekly meeting where they would go through insurance coverage for your insurance policy as a patient and then determine what, what uh, surgeries, what procedures they would do based on how much money they could get that was confirmed by the insurance people at the hospital. Oh, trust me, when you show up at the hospital and they ask for your insurance card first, they're determining how much money can we make off this person. Tell them they have this wrong because this is what it pays out. Yeah. Could you yeah. imagine walking up to Costco or Sam's Club and the person at the front who's trying to check your ID as a member actually went like this, hey, I need you to open your wallet and show me how much cash you have first. And if you showed them $10 and you're, they're like, you only have $10. No, you can't come in here. Like, no, you're not a patient here. Sorry. You, or you can only go shop in the candy section. You can't go back <laughs> to the lines or to the organic vegetable section. Cause you only have $10 go over there and buy toothbrushes or something. You know, could you imagine if they actually were looking for how much money they could make first off of you? Like check your wallet. Hey, how much of credit is left on this credit card before you walk in here? That's what they're doing before they admit you. When you're all sitting there twiddling your thumbs in the waiting room, what they're doing is confirming your insurance coverage before they bring you back. That's all they're doing the whole time. The whole time. They want to know what money can we squeeze out of this person with what screening test can we do and what can we diagnose them with and what procedures can we do for this person and how much we can pay before we let them in. That's all I do. It's can, can I can I share a, a personal story about that? Sure. When I had, uh, I was in the Coast Guard, so I had VA insurance for the last twenty something years, and I had broken my thumb doing landscaping. I one of the ropes broke on the root, you know, the the root ball of like a plant I was moving, and I fell back and I hit my thumb on the in the flatbed, and it sp spread out. You could tell, 
went to the doctors, the radiologist told me at the, you know, at the ER, at the, at the VA, oh yeah, it's split right down the center. So then I go to the, the, the actual doctor. He said, yeah, everything's fine because I didn't have additional insurance and the VA was looking, you know what I mean? So everything's fine. This hand here, I don't know if you see that big bump. Yeah. For yeah. For seven years, they told me that it wasn't dislocated and my wrist was fine after having it hurting it pop when I, when I landed like this and it, it was horrible pain. I couldn't even grab like a knob on the cabinets and it, and it stayed like that. And all the calcium developed down there. And then when I got blue cross blue shield, when I was in the electrician's union, all of a sudden, all of a sudden they pull everything back and they want to do a $15,000 surgery to fix it. Yeah. Oh, the mighty dollar. But they didn't shave anything off. Well, it's better now because it's natural. It wasn't natural because you guys let it sit there for seven friggin' years and do that to me. Yeah, so now awful. this is what it is forever. Yeah, that sucks. That's exactly why I hate that profession. <laughs> yeah. I and I, I mean, I really was motivated every day in practice. People always ask me, why do I love it so much? And how come I work such long hours? And I used to tell people, man, every day I'm driven by this weird sensation and, and visual that every hospital parking lot is full and there's just innocent humans being pumped full of toxic drugs and they're never being told what's wrong with them truly right. and how to fix it. And that just ate at me and ate at me and ate at me. So when I read Anthony Fauci's uh, memo in May of 2020 on the hospital protocol, I about lost my freaking mind. That's why I could not even for an hour sit at home without hiring a publicist to get into the media to tell the world uh, what the great lie was. Uh, just so y'all know, there's not a single disease on earth. There is not a single symptom on earth that you are living with, that you're living with and experiencing because you all of a sudden have a drug deficiency. Right. So why in the hell are you swallowing a drug every day to try to offset whatever symptoms you're living with? Why don't you go find out what happened to you to make you have the symptoms you have? And if it's not a drug deficiency, what is it? Right. Figure I mean, out what seriously, that is. Does anybody out there believe they have lupus, fibromyalgia, Sjogren's, um, whatever? Do you really think you have an autoimmune disease because you all of a sudden have a steroid deficiency? And you just need to pop a synthetic steroid every day into your mouth until you die? You really think that you solely have a, uh, a drug deficiency? No. That create your symptoms. That's not even logical. And if that's not the case, why do you continue to swallow the pills? And why do you not go look for someone to tell you this is the underlying cause of your symptoms? Hey, you know what? Your pain in your body all throughout your body started five years ago. Hey, look at your chart. You started a cholesterol drug five years ago. And six months later, you started having all over body pain. Does anybody talk to you about the fact that cholesterol drugs causes number one symptom? overall musculoskeletal pain, which by the way is the number one symptom all autoimmune cases complain of. It can't be the statins. You? No, they would never do that. Does anyone told you you're on a drug that causes overall body pain? No, they just sold you steroids to try to reduce the pain that the cholesterol drug was causing in the first place. Or, hey, Mary, I see you have digestive issues and you were diagnosed with Crohn's disease or celiac oh, disease in 2017. I see that. What did you do in 2016? Oh, I went on a mission trip to Guatemala. Where were you? I was in the jungle for like three three years or three weeks building churches and it was a mission trip. 
Oh, did you get sick while you're there? Oh yeah. I had dysentery horribly. I got horrible diarrhea, vomiting for three weeks. The whole time I was there, I was super sick. And then what happened? I came back to the United States and six months later, I was diagnosed with Crohn's and celiacs because it never went away. Oh, did they tell you you might have picked up a parasite inside of Guatemala? No, no one's ever said that. Oh, well, can we test you for that and see? And then if we get rid of it, all your symptoms of Crohn's disease that they tell you in the future you'll have to cut out pieces of your colon from because they don't know how to fix it. The fix is to cut out pieces that are dying. Right. Awful. Um, isn't it better? Isn't it greater to try to go find people that'll look objectively and stay open-minded and look for the cause and effect scenario you've all learned about since you were children? <laughs> it's so weird to me that the medical profession does nothing zero to look for the causes of the diseases they only treat the effects of the diseases and they never look for what caused them that is not what they get paid for that's not yeah, what they that's zero right ever it's so ridiculous it's the weirdest you, thing ever you can't it's go around fixing people dr artist how are you going to get them to come back it's so weird man I, I, don't, I don't even understand it it's just this weird paradigm of thought i've never gravitated to and i don't know why like my mom used to say I was raised in a very traditionally medical family, like a very normal American family, <laughs> just for Mormons, but very normal as far as American society was, was concerned. My mom had sinus headaches her whole life, her whole life, every day. In fact, her sinus headaches were so bad, most of the time she was in bed, like during the day, taking naps because that was the only way she could deal with the pain. Mom. And every day she was popping over-the-counter drugs, oh. over-the-counter drugs every day, and prescription drugs, Advil, Tylenol, sinus, you name it, uh, Mucinex for sinus headaches. Then she was on over-the-counter drugs galore. She also was consulting doctors that were saying they needed to drill holes in the roof of her mouth to drain the pus out of her sinuses and then plug it back up, and they might have to do that every few years. I'm not kidding. This is how bad the life was. She was on drugs all the time. Plug I mean, it back up with like a caulking gun. Are they going to like oh, yeah. just a little? <laughs> For decades, she dealt with these sinus headaches. And I used to watch her pop drugs all the time. And I was like, Mom, as a teenager, I'd go, Mom, why do you keep taking those drugs? They're not getting rid of your headaches, obviously. <laughs> like, it's so weird. Why do you keep popping those pills? They're not getting, making your headaches go away. And it's not making you more active in life to take care of kids, to be more active. It's not even letting you get outside the bedroom. I couldn't even go down to the street to get taken to a pool party or to a basketball practice because her head hurt too bad. I mean, and I couldn't drive. I was too young. So there were moments that really sucked and there was no one looking for the underlying cause for her symptoms. What was incredible was uh, all of the migraines and sinus headaches she had for years. I'm talking, she was in her fifties by this time. When I opened up my Dallas practice in 2009, she came in as a patient in 2009. And within two months, all of her sinus headaches and migraine headaches were able to go away. And all we did was actually find out from my testing that she had a food allergy to corn. And guess what her favorite thing on the planet to eat and to drink was? Doritos. Oh, boy. Which is corn. Right. And she loves... Very processed corn. Coca-Cola. Which has got corn syrup in it. Yeah, I love high fructose corn syrup galore. Yeah, so there's just tons of uh, corn. So once we got the corn out of her, then she stopped having sinus headaches. But no one ever told her that. My whole life growing up, she never, ever knew. It was as Try simple that. as going from literally switching from corn chips 
to potato chips. Seriously. All I did was go, Mom, just stop eating the corn chips and go to potato chips. She loves salty, crunchy stuff. No more migraines, no more sinus headaches. Within two weeks, all gone. She's been doing one of the things for decades. This is the difference between uh, healing and poisoning. So I have a question for you on that. Do you think it's actually a corn allergy? Because I know when it comes to like wheat, they're like, oh, it's the gluten when it, they're spraying it with freaking Roundup desiccant glyph glyphosate or glyphosate, however you want to pronounce it. And then I like saying glyph, like hieroglyphics, because I think it's like Mystery Babylon. Freaky. Yeah, like <laughs> but uh, but uh, that's the same thing with corn. I think I think they make corn like GMO so that it can... They can spray the the weeds around the corn, but it doesn't affect the corn plant. So it actually has like a resistance, but it's still sprayed with it. For sure. Do you think it's possible that an allergy from that might actually be from like the toxins that they're spraying on it more so than the corn? Yeah. But but then again, the corn's all GMO too, so who knows? It could just be not able to be digested or something, you know? Yeah, there's two things we always uh, talked about. It was either you're either allergic to the food, meaning you're releasing histamines and reacting negatively to the food. Or you're sensitive to the food, like a hypersensitivity to the food for some reason. And so either way, it was ooh, easy to ooh. figure that out with an elimination diet. Like just cut that out for two weeks and let's see how you feel. Remember you said the peanut oil is sometimes in the in uh, in some of the, the processing and manufacturing of the vaccines. I wonder if there's corn syrup in any of them or any type of uh, derivative of that. Because once you're, it's past yeah. your blood, into your blood, that might be giving it a hypersensitivity, right? It very well could, yes. You're absolutely right. Okay, so here's a question. It says, I have a question for Dr. Artis, which is good because this is the show about it. Uh, why do some people, like that person, uh, develop autonomic dysfunction after, I don't know what C infection is. Maybe you can help me. Maybe I'm just being stupid. Uh, maybe COVID I'm being infection. stupid. What's that? COVID infection? I guess. Uh, I developed POTS and I'm unable to function as my heart races at a... 120 BPM as soon as I stand up. That sounds pretty severe. That's exactly what my wife was experiencing. That's called POTS. Right? It's positional. Oh, POTS. Okay. Pain. It was all in capital, so I thought I had to put it out, spit all it out. <laughs> yeah, that's POTS. That's what it is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so my wife dealt with the same thing. It, it wasn't until nicotine was introduced that all that started to subside totally. So, uh, COVID 19 is venom peptides. The spike proteins are obviously, this isn't obvious to everybody yet. The spike proteins on the outside of the virus, they say, is the only thing that was causing diseases to 28 different tissues in the human body. Not the virus, the spike protein. The spike protein is the only worry about the COVID infection and about vaccines. The vaccines themselves, none of them have SARS-CoV-2 in it. None of them have the virus in it. None of them are instruct instructing your body with the mRNA to make a virus. None of them are doing that. They're only instructing your body how to make the spike protein or injecting you with the spike protein. So uh, it's a big deal. Know that it ain't a virus that's the issue. The virus was never the issue. Look at the world, the governments around the world are not concerned about the virus. They're only trying to vaccinate you against the spike proteins. Not, not the virus. The virus did not make you sick. Spike proteins did. What did they find? What did they find in January of 2020 and April of 2020 was the spike protein? Venom peptides, little short proteins of venom is what they found. So you, with your pot symptoms, listener, audience member, 
just like my wife, you were exposed to venom. And that venom created an antagonistic effect on your heart and on your nervous system, your brain, that controls your heart's rhythm. And then your blood pressure is dropping or it's ex- and then your heart rate's accelerating. So how do you handle that? I'm just going to tell you right now, there have been many, many people who are experiencing tachycardia, elevated heart rate, like massive, where they're going to pass out like over 200 a minute. It's really interesting. And these individuals, when they are actually soaking their feet in tobacco leaf, like if they, or you can order organic tobacco leaf online and they would seep it in a tea and then put that water cooled into a Pyrex dish and stick their feet in it. They could reverse all their tachycardia and pot symptoms just within a day or two of soaking for 30 minutes to an hour with uh, the constituents of the plant that includes nicotine. Also, people have used nicotine gums, nicotine patches, nicotine pouches to get the nicotine into their body. But it's been a massive asset to many people is to get those nicotine receptors that are turned off by venom, turn them back on with something called an agonist. Agonist is a fancy scientific term for turning on a cell. And nicotine is the number one nicotine agonist. Ivermectin is a very powerful one too. Choline is choline. choline, C-H-O-L-I-N-E. There's a version called CDP choline, which is very effective for a lot of people. You have to get the venom off the receptor though, or else acetylcholine and choline has zero effect in the presence of venom. Right, because it has a higher affinity to it, right? So yeah, The venom has a much higher affinity than choline does, which is why the nicotine is so important, in my opinion, to get it off the nerve. Then you can bind stuff to the venom, and then you can introduce choline. But if you just threw choline in there, it's not going to do anything. Many, so many ni- people tried it, and it didn't do anything. So nicotine still wins, so they're never going to replace the name with uh, venom receptors. <laughs> they're not, not going to replace it with venom. They're not going to be called VACHR receptors, venom acetylcholine receptors. Nope. So this might actually go along with this one because this person's asking, and, and I, I think body temperature, I'm thinking, probably has something to do with the heart as well, perhaps. So it says, why am I cold with random chills after the, the big C word, COVID? <laughs> yeah, so uh, any, any toxin or poison in your body, period. Uh, there's a couple things here. This is kind of a broad question, but because uh, it could be feverish, trying to get rid of the toxins, right? But if it's hot, cold, hot, cold, that could be different. Then it very, very well could. But if you get the flu, for example, you'll go through fevers and chills. That's what people do. They'll be really, really hot, and they get really, really cold. Then they get really, really hot, really, really cold. The cold is typically after the fever. Is your body will sweat out the toxins and poisons through your lymph called sweat. So your body will sweat it out. What happens when sweat gets on the surface of your skin? It evaporates. It chills what out. does yeah. the evaporation process of water on the skin do to the body? It cools it. <laughs> That's the whole reason why we sweat when it's hot outside. It's to cool the body, right? So you'll go through fevers and chills with any infections, period. That is a common known symptom. And then uh, there's only one part of the brain that controls core body temperature. It's called your thalamus. The thalamus, hypothalamus. It's in the brain. And there's one mineral that controls the hypothalamus's ability to manage your core body temperature. There's only one mineral that controls it, and that's magnesium. Uh, magnesium is a big deal. We were just listening to uh, Morley Robbins the other night. Yeah. yeah, magnesium is the only mineral that controls core body temperature. In fact, uh, student athletes, uh, a lot of the 
unfortunately, in football and basketball, experience strokes every year. It's actually in America in 2018. They actually published that one American student athlete dies every three days in America, a teenager, from either a heat stroke or a heart attack during football practice or basketball practice. That's a, that's a lot, in my opinion. And uh, when you look into it, when you sweat in these athletic sports, when you're sweating, your body loses a total of 20 different vitamins and minerals in every drop of sweat. Uh, the fourth most lost mineral in sweat is magnesium. People that can, cannot control their core heat and overheat, they have a deficiency in magnesium that's not being refilled. What is the number one hydrate drink for athletes in all football games and basketball games? Gatorade, full of sugar. Gatorade, it's full of sugar, like 200 milligrams of sugar or, or more. And then it does not include at all any magnesium. It's all potassium, I think, right? That's the electrolyte. It's all sodium. That's the only mostly salt. Yeah. yeah, mostly salt, and it's uh, it's very devoid of all the twenty minerals and vitamins. But magnesium is the one that controls core body temperature. For these athletes to be experiencing heat strokes and heart attacks, that is solely because they have low amounts of magnesium that's not being replenished with their hydrate drinks. Just so you know, you should be supplementing magnesium, people. Okay, so I have this uh, question from somebody. This actually is a perfect time to drop this in because it's related. It says, I think this is probably the person who tried to call. And like I said, it's just because this thing's not ringing. It says, hello, Daniel. Wanted to ask Dr. Artis about the best time of day to take zinc, magnesium, selenium, vitamin. I'm going to stop on the D3 thing because I don't think you should take a steroid drug at all ever. But And with or without food. Thank you. Okay, so let's run through each one. Zinc and selenium, right? It says zinc, magnesium, selenium, vitamin D3, uh, K2. But that's the one I would say negatory on personally because D3 is a steroid. And with or without food. Thank you. So should yeah, you yeah. have something to absorb it to make your stomach not upset or should you let it go? So, so zinc, selenium, magnesium, I always recommend with food. With food. Okay. And I would ask this, like I know selenium can come in like a, a capsule pill. But then I have to wonder, should you be taking apple cider vinegar if you're taking things with capsules because you're – a lot of people don't have the right digestive enzymes. So are you shooting it out the back end or you're going to be able to, that's why I always try to do droppers, ionized, something like that. Something that's, if, if magnesium stings my tongue and I'm taking the dropper, I know it's there, you know, because it's little tiny shavings of metal or whatnot. So that, that's, I know that's not very scientific, but <laughs> it's yeah, so kind of so a that I don't know. Yeah. Like I sell selenium, I have magnesium, I have zinc products and they all come in a vegetable capsule is what they're in. And, uh, and they do fine. I, I don't have any issues with those. I do like extracts. Like I, I love them. Yeah. Uh, but most Americans aren't very compliant with extracts, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, apple cider vinegar, just to make sure that, you know, you have the right HCL levels. I do love it. Yeah. I do love yeah. apple cider vinegar for sure. Yeah. I, I, I swing it back every, every day when I, especially if I'm doing like a, a fast, cause it helps you, you know, push back those cravings. So. So until someone no. cooks in the house and then you're like, yeah. <laughs> I think it's also amazing with uh, like curbing cravings is food grade hydrogen peroxide. Oh my God. That stuff is freaking phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. I heard yeah. cinnamon has a like, like shaved cinnamon, like, like the fresh, like bark cinnamon. And it's, it's, it's got something going on with the metabolism too. Well, cinnamon, yeah, breaks down glucose, blood sugar. Oh, so that helps to reduce go. addiction for sugar and cravings for sugar. 
So does another herb Perfect. plant called gymnema. Gymnema also curbs sugar addiction. I want to succeed this time, so I'm going to write all that down. I did take, I did have cinnamon a lot when I was doing that the fat, uh, the the keto thing. So yeah, that would be the reason why. Cool. All right. So there's a reason why they only sprinkle a little bit on top of a cinnamon roll, though. They want you eating all of them. <laughs> <laughs> there's not a therapeutic dose of cinnamon in your cinnamon roll. I promise. Yeah, probably not, right? With all that sugar and the, the frosting and the icing on this stuff. I've got all about right. seven more minutes before I got somebody coming to the house here. Just want you to... uh, okay, so let's wrap this up then because I have to go get – something happened this week. I had to go take care of some DMV stuff. So Rebecca and I are kind of like having to ride together until she gets her stuff settled, which will hopefully happen tomorrow. So okay. I have to go pick up Farrah in a little bit anyway. So let's um, – anything, any final thoughts – if anybody else wants a message within the next two minutes, go right ahead. But can you think of any tie-ins to this, you know, or things that we might have missed that people would look, let, let, let's, let's actually, let's, let's talk about the D3. It should, I be, I would, I've been turned against it and I've been told like, I shouldn't get to my daughter. Like this D3 is that in that form, it's a steroid and we don't know. Yeah. you feel good on the steroid, but what else is it doing to you? And that's and that's the issue. Like, if you're gonna take D, there's you know other ways to do it in your food, and maybe not so much in the supplementation. And just on the D3, I don't know if there's D1 and D whatever, but I think D3 is actually not that very good, right? Yeah, it's really odd that uh, even in the last three years of COVID, I hardly ever talk about vitamin D. I mean, I just I even mentioned earlier today that when I got COVID for three days, I took vitamin C, selenium, and zinc. <laughs> That's all I did. And just yeah. increased the dose for three days that I was already doing. And I really had nothing other than pinpoint headache pain is all I had for three days. That was it. That's how I knew when my wife had COVID symptoms, I had them at the same time. Mine were only three days and that's all I did. And it was actually fine. I actually have an appreciation for vitamin D, but I prefer it from the sun or from fish oil or cod liver oil. Yes. Yes. So, that's typically where I like it. I do have a vitamin D3 product, and I do think uh, – I actually am not aware of the – and have had nobody push me away from vitamin D or supplementing vitamin D, but I have a vitamin D3 product. I don't have a vitamin K2 product, but I do have vitamin D3. I just tell people, if you're going to do it, 5,000 IUs is, uh, is what everybody should be doing at a minimum probably if you're not going to go out in the sun. But I can then, send you the link of the Dr. Collin video where he talks about it. Hey, hey, not to take anything away from it, it, it definitely seemed like it was legitimate. So, no, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. No, we're, we're always learning. I always love learning and I'll, ado I'll adapt and adopt and yeah. implement all kinds of things in my life all the time. Yeah, I, you know, I was sharing a lot of his videos uh, for up until for for a while there because there is a lot of really good information that he's actually sharing, yeah, and it, it wasn't the first time I've heard it. It was just the most recent time I've heard it. Like I've heard things about D three in the past, but it finally stuck in. Like lanolin is usually where they get it from, which is like the wool of a sheep. So, you know, it's. Yeah, I'll just tell you my 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 primary love uh, and respect is in minerals, and I yeah. focus on minerals a lot. Uh, minerals. Minerals are what you find on the periodic table of elements. You don't find vitamins on the periodic table of elements. And that periodic table is a chart we've all been forced to memorize at some point. And it's all the building blocks for all of living life. Notice it's up, all minerals, and no vitamins. You bring up a good point here because you said minerals and you're talking about things like when you talk about magnesium, selenium, uh, zinc, iodine, zinc, I, calcium, sodium. 
yeah, potassium. These are all your minerals. And all these have a, like most of those that we just that you just mentioned have a metallic form. So yeah. like even like copper, copper has a mineral form that's blue. It's important to understand the difference between the two, right? Because sometimes you're getting supplements that are more on the toxic level side because sure. they're the metallic form of it, but the mineral form is what is bioavailable to the human body. Yeah, so for correct? like copper, for example, you have what are called, what's called copper two. <laughs> and copper two is the, the, uh, uh, the toxic form of copper, which is primarily all the copper supplements you take. Then there's what's called copper one, that is the bioavailable mineral form of copper. Uh, and there is a, a great form. Of, I actually don't have a copper supplement of any kind, but I'm about to start using one. But uh, and actually recommending one. And it's from Dr. Ed Groot's uh, company called Global Healing. And they have a copper one, copper one bioavailable mineral extract. Dr. Talbron's going to be so upset with you. <laughs> No, he's not. He knows I love, I love this is a vaporized form of copper. You just inhale it. So that's different than that might be more bioavailable in the lungs yeah. than, uh, than digested. So if you found a way to get into the body, I'm a fan. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we should, uh, we should definitely, Oh, and you know, what's actually cool about this is I think that Dr. Monzo is actually going to also be there. So that's good. Uh, that's not until yeah. August, right? Or is it August June? 11th or 13th? The last time Tashina has sent yeah, me an I think email. That's what it is. So I, I need to get to Monzo's office at some point before that. I want to bring my remdesivir samples and get them tested. Yeah. There's uh, frequencies. And then I want to get a, the uh, Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson and Johnson shots I have. I have them here. And then I want to get those tested. And I would like to take the blood clots with me too and get those tested. <laughs> and I want to have yeah. them run that. And then eventually I'd like to see what it populates. And then this questions, for example, like, are there the possible, is there the possibility that venom might be in other vaccines, childhood vaccines, Gardasil vaccines, is it? Well, I would like to see if his testing could help confirm the presence, frequencies, energy signals or signatures of venoms in those shots. And I've got plenty of MDs to help me get a hold of those. And that'll be very, very exciting to see and very disturbing. And, uh, We'll end up in a whole lot of more interviews, a lot more content produced, and uh, hopefully warnings for the world to help them. Yeah, and with Paul Reed out there, who used to work with DOD or wherever the hell it was, uh, Fort Dietrich, Dirty Dietrich, the fact that they were actually pushing toward all vaccines, and they're still talking about that like you've shown, all vaccines, I would, even if we found old samples or old tests of or old list of what these drug what these vaccines used to be made out of i would like to know put it to the test of what they're made out of present day to see if there's been changes to see if they've already converted everything over because if they're talking about it usually they already did it that's usually how that works you know oh yeah so let me give you a let me give you your audiences a patent you like research and stuff oh yeah you'll look up a patent number five million five hundred eighty thousand eight fifty nine Date of the okay. patent is December 3rd, 1996. Okay. You get the numbers? You got it? Yep. 5,580,859. Yep. This December is 3rd. What's that? Yep. December 3rd, 1996. 1996. All right. Uh, you can also type in the name Robert W. Malone. <laughs> this is his patent. Jesus Christ. And it's titled Delivery of Exogenous. DNA sequences in a mammal. 
And on page three, I will quote it for you. <laughs> Moreover, selective delivery of toxic peptides such as ricin. Ricin? Yep. Diphtheria toxin. Or cobra venom factor to diseased or neoplastic cells can have major therapeutic benefits. This is the same guy who will refuse to talk about venom because he's working with it. What an ass. Oh, now, in this first paragraph what on page three of his pen, he's a snake in the grass. And I will give Karen Kingston all the credit. She found this and sent this to me and Stu Peters last week. <laughs> in his thing, it says that a large number of disease states can benefit from administration of therapeutic peptides. You want to know why he tells everybody, don't ask me any questions about snake venom peptides? Such peptides include lymphokines, such as interleukin-2, tumor necrotic factor, and interferons, growth factors, such as nerve growth factor and epidermal growth factor. Just so you know, both of those are factors of snake venoms discovered in 1956 by Stanley Cohen. Nerve growth factor, how to grow nerve tumors in the brain with venoms. Epidermal growth factor, how to create skin cancers and all cancers on epidermal tissue that lines every organ in the human body. Are, those cancers are caused by snake venom. They call them what epidermal the growth factors. So you've got nerve tumors, all epidermal tissue, which is all skin covering anything in your body, can develop cancer. Well, it's the sun. And you've got cobra venom factor, ricin, for crying out loud, diphtheria toxin that in Malone's 1996 patent is included as exogenous DNA material that can be delivered with lipid nanoparticles into a mammal as a major therapeutic device or drug. If it uh, there's a reason why he won't talk about snake venom yeah. peptides. He knows it's in his patents uh, that uh, they, they know they can deliver venom peptides to mammals and suggest them as a therapeutic. So, did dirty some of the pitch. So, so for those of you out there who yeah, don't know who what ricin is, if you ever guys ever heard the 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 umbrella gun with the little ricin pellet, that's that's what was causing the cancer. That was the that was the the Soviet weapon for uh, taking out an agent. Deliver what does that say? Delivery of exogenous. Hang on, let me find it like this so we can see it. Yeah, wait, wait, that's actually better this way. Yep, yeah, I see it. Delivery of exogenous sequence of mammal. Boom. boom. Look at the red underlined sentence. Look. There you toxin. Whatever. Cobra venom factor. <laughs> yeah. Effective core flexion surface receptors on cell membranes and necessary to systematic administer large quantities of the peptide. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, so the whole time. It's not because he doesn't know or doesn't believe they exist. It's because he's he doing it. They're in there. Little twerp. So, are we? Is everybody convinced yet? Another, another enlightening, enlightening, grand finale show here. I don't, I don't know how much I got to. I don't know how much spoon feeding I need to give you, but I'll continue <laughs> to have people tell me and share things with me that continues to support the the truth, right. and uh, they they believe for some sadistic, twisted reason, dangerous, toxic venoms from deadly creatures can be detoxified reduced in toxicity and become therapeutics when injected inside of you. Um, I don't know about you, but I prefer the vitamin C, selenium and zinc. <laughs> I, yeah. I, don't, I don't really want venom uh, injected inside of me 
I don't I don't get it. It's just it's weird. This this all boils right back down to that like the whole idea of this developing from the from an ancient cult of whacked out people. Cult of Asclepius, man. Bring it yes. up. Yes. 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 Alright, sir. Thank you. We'll see you next week at the little bit later time, right? It's four thirty your time next time. That'll work. All right. Alright, guys. Thanks a lot. Have a great week, Daniel. Take care, sir. So good news, Dr. Artis will be at the Red Pill Expo in Des Moines, Iowa, which means I have to get my happy arse that way too, if anybody wants to help out with that. Oh, by the way, um, something's messed up with my internet email notifications, but I did notice that some people have been uh, chipping into the Give, Send, Go. The moment I can figure out how to get back into it to put the actual thank you or the the heart mark on give some go i will do that i don't want you to think that i didn't notice or didn't care i do and i thank you okay i appreciate it um but yeah that thing's always up so if anybody wants to go that route it's greatly appreciated if you want to be on the patreon that's even more awesome because then you get something else out of it um and i i don't like to just ask for stuff i like to be able to give something back too so especially if you go into the top three tiers that way i can send you a flash drive of all the episodes up to current um, of the Dr. Artist episodes that we've done. And there's so much that we've covered. And, and it's ever, ever since May. Lots of information, a lot of things he, like Barisinitib, um, Barisitinib, that was one of the things that came up that was going to be trying to replace for Remdesivir way back when. That was like the first time he talked about it was on this show. There's a bunch of those types of moments where he's like, I'll just say it here. And then he'll tell us something that he's then goes on and tells everyone else about in the following time uh interviews but they a lot of them broke right here on, on ball busters and a couple of those episodes i was uh still had um the fact hunter doing a co-host with me on those so so the early ones you'll see him in there too and um i'm probably over time be able to produce a dr monzo one too because we have done a lot of discussions and then i'm gonna do the murder by injection because everybody needs to read that and if, i don't i don't think there'd be as many but i i'm kidding myself right to say that there wouldn't be as many people still denying that there's something wrong with vaccines because it's just this one no it's not just that one my brother was possibly or the atlas but one of the two caused SIDS. And if you're going to tell me that it isn't, I'm going to punch you in your fucking face because I don't want, don't, don't tell me that it didn't happen. I saw it. I went, I know, I know what happened one way or the other. That's the two ways that happens. If you're going to tell me because you didn't experience it and you're going to be that insensitive, don't come too close to me within striking distance. Cause I'll, you know, okay. It happened. Same thing with my aunt, and you know, if you keep going to them, they'll figure out a way to cash in on your insurance. So they told her she had acute leukemia. So acute, of course, because acute means like severe, right? If it was so severe, why did it take two and a, two, two and a half years of constantly poisoning her to actually kill her and two bone marrow transplants? Probably wasn't so bad off. Probably wasn't that could have been corrected with cutting out the crap water that we drink in that town, getting rid of the junk, junkier food. And uh, better nutrition may have, may have helped her. Oh, and the trauma of being in a shitty relationship. That probably would have helped too. But, uh, yeah. So people have been murdered in my family. So before anybody talks a bunch of nonsense that they don't know about because they heard other people and that sounded good to them and this is what the truth they're saying, blah, 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 blah. Learn what you're talking about before you get 
really offensive. And I know a lot. I know the reason why I'm saying this right now because I know there's a lot of people out there who feel the same way. Don't let them discredit what you know, because you don't have some stupid indoctrination into a cult degree to 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 back it up. Absolute nonsense. Absolute dog shit. I have to go see. I have to go pick up my daughter. So guys, have a great week. Yeah, I'm gonna try to get back on here. I got some work to do for the business. Help out the show. There's many ways. The Patreon is just one of them. Tippy Stream, PayPal, or the Give Send Go. I would love to go to Des Moines, Iowa. Like to get some in, in person interviews with Dr. Artis and Dr. Monzo, and that will be that alone will be well worth the trip to see them in person again. And if everyone else in that entire, I don't, I'm not saying this is true. I'm just saying if everyone else there sucked and was a double agent, I wouldn't care because those two guys would be there and we would have a great time. Anyway, talk to you later. Bye. Oh yeah. Check the description, you know, help the show out. It doesn't help itself. That reminds me of a dirty joke, but I'm not going to say it. The Patreon. This is one way to really help out the show. Givesengo.com. These are all in the description, so please just have a look at them. See, you know, what you look, prefer. But this is the equipment and show fundraiser. Donate $45 or more, you'll get the flash drive. I'll get in touch with you, and then we'll figure out how to mail it to you. Tippystream.com forward slash ballbusters. This is also up there. In EU money, yeah, in euros, it's uh, for every $5, it's $5.37. dollars do 45 or more, you will get the flash drive. PayPal.me forward slash ballbusters, and then you can do it that way as well. Last but not least, this is buymeacoffee.com forward slash ballbusters. Again, these are all in the description. A lot of people use it in the uh, content creator world. This will be greatly appreciated in supporting the efforts moving forward on Ballbusters and hopefully getting to the Red Pill Expo so that we can get some really amazing first-hand interviews with some amazing guests there. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.